Hi, I'm Candace Michelle, and this is Our Community. I had a very different show planned for today, but Winter Storm Diaz that came charging through here on Friday changed my plans. Diaz was also an interesting wake-up call for me and about 3,700 other households that lost power from Gold Beach to Brookings Harbor last night from about 2.30 in the afternoon until after midnight for some of us. It started when one of the transmission lines on a 100-foot tower in Gold Beach failed. Joining me today is my dear friend and KCIW board president, Rose Weiss. Rose has been volunteering with KCIW basically since its inception in 2013 and has been the producer for several shows, including The Insider Report, Stardust, Mostly Bluegrass, Shirley Shorts, and had her own music show for a while called Justine's Place. I'm so glad to welcome you to the show, Rose. (laughs) Always a delight to see you, Candace. Ah. Well, I'm also hoping that our good friend and KCIW founder, Tom Bozak, who is currently running the recording equipment for us, will also chime in. So, Rose and I were talking about the storm and the long power outage earlier, and it dawned on me that there are probably quite a few people, like us, who got caught off guard by the long hours of no electricity. It might even be considered a tiny drill for a real disaster, and maybe we ought to talk about what preparedness looks like on this much smaller scale. Um... We lost power at my house at about 2.24 in the afternoon on Friday. It was storming pretty good out there, but there was still daylight, and I had just closed my eyes for a nap. So I wasn't really concerned. I mean, I figured the lights would be back on by the time I woke up. The power was still out when I got up. It was much darker now and a bit chilly because we had no heat. The propane fireplace we had installed in our family room, partially with the thought that we'd have an alternate source of heat if the power went out, has an electronic ignition. Duh. How did it start for you, Rose? (laughs) Oh, I was having a nice, lazy day and um, just doing things on the computer for the radio station. So I had just gotten out of the shower just a few minutes before when the power went out. I was back on the computer doing programming work, and everything shut down. So I was sitting there with a wet head of hair, and for anyone who doesn't know me, my hair is fairly long and very thick, and it takes a long time to dry, so I think that hair can take days to dry sometimes. (laughs) It, it can if the humidity yeah. is very high. Yep. Anyway, so um, I also was just about to fix myself a late lunch Uh-oh. Uh, because I hadn't eaten anything. I'd just gotten up and had my morning tea as usual. Uh-oh. So, well, at least you had had warm tea, right? That wasn't iced right. tea, so at least you had some... Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, but then I started thinking about, well... Um, This can't last very long. I'll just have a little snack. So I got some Triscuits, and I I had a few Triscuits for my what turned out to be my lunch. Um, But your hair. So I'm thinking about, you know, you're sitting there, and even if if you're fairly warm to, to start with, 
if your hair is wet, it's you're you're going to get a chill. You're going to have a chill. Yeah, and um, my house is fairly well insulated, so it didn't really cool down a whole lot for um, a couple of hours. But after that, it started getting really chilly, mm-hmm. and um, and. I was also concerned because, you know, I thought the power was going to come right back on, which it usually does. It's like within 30 minutes when there's a blip. But um, then I started getting texts from friends about, uh, well, they say it's going to be 4.30, and then, Mm -hmm. well, maybe a little bit later. And so 4.30 came and went, and it was down to around 65 degrees in my house by that point. And um, and you live up on Carpenterville, so yeah. it gets colder up there than it does down down where I am. I'm next to the ocean, basically. Right. So you're going to get colder up there faster. True. True. Well, and um, it was such a windstorm, you know, yeah. that um, even in a well-insulated house— the temperature starts going down, and I think in town people are pretty uh, protected from that. But right. I'm up on a hill uh, in the middle of nowhere, basically. Yeah. Surrounded by bears. <laughs> yeah. Who <laughs> were probably getting a little cold, too. <laughs> yeah. Well, and see, this is another thing, is I started thinking about, well, if this goes on for very long, what? Um, well, I used to have a, a, a heavy-duty plastic emergency bin that I kept on my back deck, Mm -hmm. figuring, okay, if there's a fire, earthquake, whatever, right? um, I've got some, you know, some canned goods. I had first aid gear and um, all kinds of things like that. Mm -hmm. But uh, a bear or something decided it might have a a goodie in it to eat. (laughs) And crushed that plastic oh, bin, no. and so the first aid equipment, all that stuff, was strewn all over my patio. I had to throw most of it out. So mm-hmm. um, anyway, that doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> right, right. And it's it's kind of amazing, right? Y- you think, oh, it can't last. I mean, it's you know, right. it, it hasn't before, right? It's been a long time. I can't remember the last time we went for this many hours without electricity. I mean, it, it's been a while. And it, so you figure, well, it's going to, you know, it'll change. But when it doesn't, and then the texts are coming in that um, Coos Curry is saying at the earliest, it's going to be like 8.30 at night. And I'm thinking, all right, 8.30 at night, okay, we have no heat. And our house is pretty well insulated as well, so it's not it's not too bad. But it, it was definitely getting cooler. You know, we like to keep our temperature in the winter up around 72, and it was definitely below 70 at that point. So, you know, I could feel it. My dog was like, where are the lights, Mom? I mean, it's like it's getting dark. I'm lighting candles and walking around mm-hmm, with a flashlight, mm-hmm. and she doesn't like flashlights at all. And the whole candle thing was like, this is not normal. Um, my husband has a headlamp, so he had his headlamp on, 
but he walks with a walker. So, you know, we have to be really careful that he's not tripping over things in the dark. And and I, I found out that <laughs> I didn't have enough candles. It was like I had just not thought about candles for a long time. And I went to turn on my flashlights, and I had to toss two of my flashlights because the batteries had leaked, had corroded the inside of the flashlights. So right not uh, yeah. well planned i my flashlights did not work the batteries were dead and um <laughs> i know i, I know. just hadn't paid attention because i hadn't needed them no exactly. i do keep lots of candles in the house as you know mm-hmm. i usually this time of year light candles every evening um but you know in in the midst of a storm like that it was already dark by around 3 p.m., so... Yes. Yeah, I had candles all over the house, but candlelight doesn't go very far if you're trying to no. read a book or do anything to entertain yourself with right. no internet, no radio, no television. Right, right. Um, and the other thing is that in my neighborhood, as in most rural neighborhoods, um, when there's no electricity, there's no water. Because um, everyone has wells, and that requires an electric pump. Oh, uh, my system actually has three different pumps, all running on electricity, of course. So the instant that electricity goes out, there's no water. Wow, no water at all. Right. So I I always keep a few gallons on hand just because of those occasional outages that mm-hmm. last for half an hour, but mm-hmm. um, when it goes on for 12 hours, then... That's a problem. Yeah, and, you know, I guess I was lucky to have gotten my shower finished because actually I have been in the situation where I was in the middle of a shower and <laughs> had the water go off. <laughs> oh, no, that's awful. I mean, that's not funny, right? Have to use a jug of drinking water to rinse soap off, uh, which is quite unpleasant. Right, because that water had to be cold. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So when I told Tom that, you know, I'd run out of candles, he said something like, how 19th century of you. (laughs) Well, Tom, what do you have? You must have something better than candles then. I have lights with batteries. What? What are those? Seriously, I don't, I did not know what you were talking about. So explain, what is this light with battery stuff? Just go on, uh, you go to Fred Meyer or Bymart and go to the sports camping section and stuff with batteries. Yeah, haven't you ever had those before for camping Candace. No. See, John and I used to have a number of those um, for camping. But at this point, I have no idea where they are, if they exist anymore, and if the batteries would still be any good. So they're, they're, they're just like battery operated? That's the way they are? And, and mm-hmm. yeah. Wow. There are rechargeable ones, too. Mm-hmm. In fact, I ordered one. Good for you. Last night. <laughs> Good when I, for you. I don't want to be caught in this situation <laughs> again. Absolutely not. So, um, 
Okay, so I'm I'm thinking camping. I, the reason why I would not have those battery lanterns is because I haven't camped in about 50 years. That would probably be why, right? Or 40 years or something. Interesting. Yeah, because I think we used propane lanterns or something when we camped. Mm-hmm. In fact, I think I have one in the garage, but who wants to go out in a horizontal rainstorm to the garage and try and find the lantern and the bottle of propane? Besides which, who wants propane in their house, right? I mean, that's, right. that's kind of yucky. Yeah. So lights, so we've got an alternative to candles are the battery lanterns. Um, Short term, though. And see, for everything I thought of mm -hmm. that could be done about the situation, it's all short term. And for something like that's a major disaster, mm -hmm. the earthquake that we all know that's coming eventually, for mm -hmm. instance, mm -hmm. Um, all those things would end up being useless. So we can protect ourselves for uh, a few hours, even maybe a few days if we mm -hmm. want to mm -hmm. get a whole house generator and spend a lot of money. Mm -hmm. But um, it's all time limited. Right, right. And getting information is very difficult, which also made me start thinking about um, the station's plans for trying to get something going with emergency coverage. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The only news I had ever was from friends texting me on my cell phone, yep. which fortunately I keep charged all the time. Mine was extremely low, so there there just was no. So, all right, so, so Tom's holding up a... a thing here and shaking it tell what is that thing tom that you're holding up what is that that's a battery and you can plug in your usb charging cable to that battery and charge your phone so how does that battery have charge in it well you charge it when you've got electric power somewhere you can plug okay. it into your usb wall charger and it, it'll charge the battery Okay. So, again, it's a um, time-limited thing that right. for a, a brief outage like this... Would work. Is work. Yeah, it works fine. Yeah, yeah. Well, this will charge your phone 10 times maybe. Really? So that's 10 days for me, unless I'm using my phone, like, constantly. I only have to charge it every night. You know, I charge it at night. So that's not bad. That's not bad at all. Remember your car? Uh, I do remember a, I have a car. You have a, probably have a car charger for your phone. I do. Right, and that same charger will probably charge a battery. Huh. Huh. A lot of cars now come with USB ports. Yeah. yeah, and you can plug in things to the USB port and charge them using Amazing. your car's power. So, so talking about cars, because, of course, you know, transportation, right? If, you know, you lose electricity. How does that impact transportation? Um, obviously, the gas stations rely on electricity to pump the gas. Right, so they would all be closed. So you better have a fairly full tank of gas, which 
I mean, that's really smart. I guess I guess it's really is kind of a wake up call on a small scale that you know you should keep your gas tank on the full side, keep your phone charged. So if you have an electric car, what does that mean? It means you can't recharge your car, obviously. And, okay. you know, my car, I usually charge it. I just keep it charged. Mm-hmm. I, if I even come to town, when I get back home, I plug it in. Mm-hmm. But um, it's only good for a few trips to town before the backup gasoline engine kicks in. Mm-hmm. In which case, then I would need gasoline yeah, eventually. Yeah. So exactly. um, all these things are very time limited. Yeah, which is the scary part to me. Yeah, yeah. I just, I just keep thinking I could have been so much better prepared for the outage than I was. I mean, we we got power back on finally at ten o'clock at night, um, and by that time we were we were kind of chilly and you know kind of sick of peanut butter and crackers, um, but it wasn't a disaster, right? But the power only stayed on for a couple of hours, and then it went off again for another couple of hours because they were trying to reset mm, everything. So. My power didn't come on for that long. It no. was like wow. Psh, a, wow. a matter of minutes because it wasn't even enough time for the lights coming on to wake me up. It was Wow, wow. Yeah, very quick. So lights are a problem. Heat is obviously a problem. You don't happen to have any words of wisdom about the electronic ignition for the propane fireplace, do you? Like, what the heck? Why? Why? <laughs> well, if you get one of those power packs, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I don't know what your ignition plugs into, but mm-hmm. it's certainly a, a 120 outlet oh. of some sort. You just <gasps> plug it into your power pack and you're good to go. You know, I so so I'm just going to fess up and say I feel like completely stupid, right? Because if it plugs into the wall, there's probably a way to plug it into something else, right? But I would venture to say that there are a lot of me's out there who actually have no clue about this, who, you know, maybe have a propane fireplace with an electronic ignition and had no idea what to do either. I mean... You know, a lot of us in this community are, you know, fairly old. We're certainly on that end of the spectrum and, you know, not as up to speed as Tom is. I mean, Tom, you you definitely are like way ahead of most of the rest of us. I know, right? That's scary. I know. <laughs> I know. Um, so water is a problem, obviously, especially if you're out in the boonies where you've got wells. Food is a problem. Yes, a big problem. I, you know, as I mentioned, I had Triscuits for lunch, such as it was. And uh, as the hours wore on, I realized I was going to need something else to eat before I crawled under extra covers and tried to stay warm. But looking in my cupboard, um... I could have cold beans from a can mm-hmm. or something like that, but there was really nothing that didn't require at least some warming to be palatable. 
So I ended up having smokehouse almonds for dinner. <laughs> okay, Trisket and smokehouse almond. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I had peanut butter and crackers and more peanut butter and crackers. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Tom? You certainly, if you you're a little more technically advanced, did you actually have a way to have warm food? Well, it wasn't long enough to get worried about. Oh, okay. (laughs) It was for me, but okay. Yeah, Yeah, it was very unpredictable. Apparently, some people's power was only out for maybe an hour and a half. Well, that's true. That's true. When did yours go out? Oh, about the same time yours did. Did And then it was off for nine, ten hours. Yeah, 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 that's about what ours was, was, too. But you don't you didn't mind eating crackers and whatever. Yeah, we got a lot of stuff. Yeah. Nuts and nuts. Fruits and Right. And a lot of stuff. Right, right. If you want something warm like, you know, a cup of tea, you're out of luck. Well, especially when the house is getting cold. Yeah. It feels yeah. very good to have something warm. And again, we had a propane stove out in the garage. Mm-hmm. Which if seriousness had come to real seriousness, I could have gone out there with a headlamp or a candle and tried to find the propane stove and the propane bottle that went that would go on it. So I suppose I could have done that. Um, and I guess as a, as a backup, that would be something that you'd, you'd want to do and probably would be smart to store it Somewhere where I knew where it was. I yes. Could actually go out and grab it without having to look for it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So I, I saw on uh, Facebook after the power came back on that one of the guys was posting in our community uh, on, on Facebook about uh, a generator that he had that was a Buetti 200 Max, I think. And it's evidently this big, well, portable generator, but but big in terms of it can give you electricity, um, with batteries that you can buy, and it's it can be solar powered, or um, you can recharge it by putting it in the electrical socket when you have electricity. He had lights and all kinds of stuff. I thought. Hmm. Hmm. And I thought, well, you know, you don't want to have one of those generators that operates on propane and stuff like that because you can't bring that in the house and, you know, because the pollution to the air and all that kind of stuff. So you would want something, if you want a generator in the house, you would want something that wasn't going to smell like propane. (laughs) Well, and the really large ones, um, the ones that cost four to eight thousand dollars, right? Um, they are so heavy; they require a special pad under them. Mm. Um, it would require, at least for someone like me, to hire a contractor mm-hmm. to get them hooked up. Um, yeah, and even those, you can't actually have the entire house um, hooked up hooked mm-hmm. up to those because um, they just won't 
they won't bear that much use, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, you can have some lights, okay, right. but it's not like you're going to be just um, operating normally. Right, right. It would be nice to occasionally plug the refrigerator in, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I made sure that I didn't open the refrigerator door, well, once, to take out the cold chicken that was in there so that I could have something besides peanut butter and crackers. Um, but, yeah, you don't want to be opening and shutting the refrigerator door and certainly not the freezer door. I mean, you, you don't want to disturb that. But it's only going to last for so long, I mean, the, without getting colder. Yeah, I, I think uh, refrigerator stuff usually lasts about 24 hours as mm-hmm. long as the door is not opened at right. all. Right. And, of course, it depends on how perishable yeah, the of food course. is. Yeah, and I, I have a tendency to skate the line pretty close. Like, I'll look at my milk carton after a while and, hmm, this expired last week. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> I know. I know. Every time my daughter comes, she always checks the the expiration dates because I'm ev- evidently infamous for that, right? So she doesn't <laughs> want to pour the milk out and have it come out in clumps. I guess I can't Well, blame see, this is the thing, too, about keeping a bin of emergency foods and mm-hmm. such. Um, you can't just stock it up and then forget about it. Mm-mm. Things have to be rotated out and replaced constantly. So it's, it's a job. And I think that's why I'm, I have not been very good at that. Um, I actually did have a backpack, a red backpack, so I could actually find it, um, that had some stuff in it, emergency stuff, uh, Probably a first aid kit. Probably there might even be candles in it Um, and a few other things. But I'm actually not sure where it is now. Um, It got moved in one, I don't know, house cleaning or another. Mm -hmm. So I'm not really sure where it is. And I'm quite sure that I haven't changed anything out since I first bought it. And stocked it, which had to have been, I'm going to say, 10 years ago. So I'm sure it's, yeah, yeah. Well, the other thing I worried about was that lots of people have um, medical devices that run on electricity. And um, in some cases, people can't survive without those. Um, I was worried about my neighbor who's 90, and um, in the past there have been periods of time when she needed oxygen 24-7, um, or, or else she just literally could not breathe. Right. So um, I managed to call her, although her, her landline system is all um, cordless phones. Mm-hmm. So um, those are useless, of course, exactly. when there's no power. Right. Um, but I got hold of her through her daughter's cell phone, which was still charged, mm-hmm. and found out that she's doing okay at the moment mm-hmm. without constant oxygen, mm-hmm. so she was all right. Now, there must be something 
Well, again, you'd have to have like a backup battery or something that you could, right? I don't, I don't know how that works. Do you, Tom? Oh, for your for cordless like phone? For oh, oxygen. for the oxygen. Yeah. yeah, you need a backup power system. You'd yeah. have to be 120 volt, you know, outlet of some sort. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and my husband uses a CPAP when he sleeps, and you know, he would need he would need something. You know, I mean, he did he did go to bed, um, but I don't think he he was actually asleep before the power finally you know came on for reals. And he has a lift chair, and 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 that was actually kind of funny um, oh. because. Yeah, it's electric. It's electric. Oh, and, and when the power <laughs> went out, he was definitely reclined in his lift chair with his feet up, and I, as I said, I was taking a nap, and he could have called me, right? He could have yelled my name, and I probably would have woken up, but he didn't. He tried to get out of that chair on his own, and it won't move, right? The chair won't, you know. Obviously, it's reclined, and he. So, yeah, so I think he broke the chair. <laughs> he said something snapped. <laughs> oh, gee. Like, all right, well, well, I guess we'll deal with that later on. But Well, there are all these details of modern, everyday life that we take for granted and really give no thought to. Yeah. One friend of mine, when I was complaining about having nothing to eat for dinner, said, well, can't you just order in a pizza? <laughs> well, no. <laughs> Not if the power in the entire region is out. That means the restaurants are closed down, too. Right. Although, as it turns out, we the, the studio didn't lose power for many hours, right? I, I don't think the... When, when did we lose power here? Like eight or something? Well, the power came on 10 o'clock or roughly... And then that stayed on for about an hour, then it went off for maybe an hour. And the second time, it was the whole city. Okay, because they had to, they had to turn everybody off to kind of reorient every, everything. According to Cruz Curry, they had a glitch when uh, the Bonneville Power people were working on finishing up the repair. So okay. that caused that second okay. outage. And I saw a picture, again, on Facebook, of the um, transmission line that they were talking about. So here's this 100-foot tower that the transmission line is on, right, way up there. And it's got these huge lights, you know, on it so that they can see what they're doing because they had to climb up there. In that weather, they had to climb 100 feet in the air to fix that stupid line. I mean, that is not something I would want to do. So, you know, kudos to those guys who did that, mm -hmm, right? I was thinking about those people when I looked out my back window and the giant fir trees were just swaying because the wind was really strong. Yeah, yeah, and they weren't 100 feet tall, you know, those giant fir trees. Well, maybe some of them would be. I mean, they're Mm -hmm, you got big ones there, yeah. Yeah, it. I I can't imagine how it would feel to climb up that high with that kind of wind and rain going on. I mean, it it just can't can't feel good. Be a little bit scary. So 
communication. Um, what we had were cell phones. Um, I did not and still don't have one of those delightful batteries that I can recharge my cell phone, although I will order one today. Um, but a lot of other people also, you know, some other people that I was talking with were saying, I'm at 12%. I, I can't do any more texting. So Many people these days don't have a landline anymore. Mm-hmm. So the cell phone is all they have. Mm-hmm. I, I do have a landline, mm-hmm. but the two actually functional phones that work well don't work if there's no electricity because right. they're cordless. Right. Yeah, I didn't realize that either. Again, you know, it's like, really, how, how am I so not paying attention that I haven't thought about that? Um, we, do have, we do have one phone that has a cord. I think that's the bedroom phone, and I think it doesn't work because I think we turned it off because we didn't want it waking us up. So I'm not sure if the phone actually works or not, <laughs> but yeah. You definitely need to check it out. Yes, yeah, and because definitely the cordless ones don't work when the electricity is out. No. Just don't. <laughs> um, so the studio, the, the station didn't actually go off the air for a while, right? So... And that must have been because the the power didn't go out down here in the downtown area. Yeah, I think there were several people that I knew about whose power was not out. In fact, one person lived up by the cemetery, and she said that her power was on. But another person who lived like four or five blocks away, her power was off. So it's like it was just it was just weird how that how that happened. So if if we wanted to be sure that the radio station stayed on when electricity went off, we'd have to have a backup generator. And where would that generator be located? That would have to be located at the transmitter site. Okay. Where the antenna is. Where the antenna is, yeah. Okay, okay. Um, but don't we have internet stuff that's connected with? Currently, our standard broadcast uh, content schedule goes to the transmitter via the internet. Okay. In the emergency, we could plug directly into the transmitter at that site with a microphone or whatever okay. and broadcast emergency information. So someone would have to actually go down there and... Physically be there. In yeah. a dark hole. Yeah. That's not an ideal situation. No. What we should be working toward is a situation where the transmitter's directly connected to the emergency operations center that the city operates. Yeah. And uh, so that they you know, wouldn't have to have necessarily person... You know, in that funny little building by the transmitter, where the transmitter is, uh, receiving information from the EOC via whatever means, right. handheld radio, and, and, and rebroadcasting it. Right. But the ideal situation is if the EOC could directly access the transmitter. 
Is there any way with with our current setup? I mean, it's certainly, you know, when our antenna was on the city tower, we could have rigged it up. Um, but with our current setup, there, it's how har- how would we do that? It's harder. Yeah, much. I would. Ham radio is a possibility. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, you know that you can communicate all over the county or all over the world for that matter, mm-hmm. using ham radio, and you could certainly have a ham radio receiver at the transmitter site mm-hmm. that would feed directly into the transmitter. Okay. So, but that's only for communication between actual ham radio operators, right? Well, if you needed to transmit something to the public, you could use ham radio, either a recorded message or somebody talking into a radio, to get that audio to the transmitter over, you know, using ham radio receiver at the transmitter, and that would go out on the air. Hmm. So would would you need a person there with that ham radio? That's an interesting technical problem I don't have the answer to. Uh, Initially, you need somebody to unplug the the uh, source of the audio that we normally use and plug in the ham radio receiver. Mm-hmm. And then you wouldn't need to have anyone there anymore. Okay. It'd be more ideal to have that be done remotely. Yeah. So you didn't have to have somebody go over there and right. do it and use that time up. and Yeah, exactly. You know. Well, and if we were in the midst of a major disaster like the earthquake, yeah, um, people would probably be a little busy with uh, collapsed houses and, you know, yep. concern about their families and yep. so forth. Yep. I mean, I, I, I think that, you know, part of this is the whole disaster preparedness plan that um, the emergency person in Curry County, Monica Ward, has been working on. Um, and in fact... <laughs> <laughs> trying to get the rest of us all on board as well um, because there there are real logistical problems that happen when uh, a disaster strikes in some way, shape, or form. And, of course, those logistical problems are different depending on which disaster we're experiencing. You know, if it's a, a forest fire, it's completely different than an earthquake and a tsunami. Um, but I think that, you know, her motivation is to actually have a plan in place so that when disaster strikes, there are specific people who know exactly what their job is. Um, and it's not going around their neighborhood making sure that, I mean, some people, that will be their job. But other people, they know that when disaster strikes, they head for the police station or they head for the fire station or they head for wherever it is they are gathering for emergency. And I, I would imagine that our Brookings EOC, they know who's supposed to go to the EOC building in an event of an emergency. I would, I would imagine they've already got people, don't you think? I would hope. I, I would But as far as I can tell or have ever heard, neither the county nor the city have any plans. 
Yeah, I have actually heard that the city has a binder, but I'm not sure when the last time was that that binder was actually looked at and, you know, investigated for <laughs> whether or not any of that still you know, holds true. Right. I, I remember when I had Monica on for an interview a few months ago, um, I asked her about the plan for the county, and she said, well, it's got, it's got stuff in there, um, but it's like it's, it's the, what the definition is of an emergency, not what you do when it happens, but what the definition is. And it's like, okay, that's useful in some way, shape, or form. But, you know, I'm not sure that that's exactly what we not need. Not too helpful when the time comes. Right. And you're left with no. nothing to eat in the house. No. That's And I know that that our plan, the, the KCIW plan, looking forward, is that uh, we are planning on going full power so that we can reach most of Curry County. Um, we'll have a, an antenna here in Brookings and another one above Gold Beach, on a tower above Gold Beach that will reach all the way into North County. Um, it, and certainly we would like to be the emergency broadcaster in case of an emergency. Well, someone needs to be because... Yeah. Um, with nothing to use but a cell phone, getting all my news through texting from friends was disconcerting. Yes, yes. And and not only disconcerting, but, you know, you don't know what the accuracy is or what the facts are. Right. You know, because everybody's experiencing it in a different way. We don't really know what. I mean, I, I remember during the Chetco Bar Fire that, Literally, we're getting all of our news from Facebook, and that was that. That were individual people who were posting on Facebook who had been somehow in touch with one of the the fire guys, or or had been down to Fred Meyer, which was the other place you could get information. There was a fireman standing there with a map. I mean, I you know I think about that, and it was really. That's the way we're getting our information. We have to go to the parking lot at Fred Meyer to get a fire update, and the fire is five miles out of Brookings. I mean, there's something not quite right about that. So, yeah, I think, you know, if, if we have backup power on our uh, antennas and have emergency broadcasting set up so that we actually can be heard on FM radio for the majority of the county, that I think would make a, a huge difference. Because then we could, you know, we could have the emergency personnel get on the radio, interrupt our feed, and talk about what road you don't want to be on. That would be ideal. Yeah, because even in the case of a little windstorm like that, which, I mean, let's face it, that was very minor in comparison to the things that could happen. But still, uh, roads could be closed. There there would be landslides. Um, 
trees fall across Carpenterville Road all the time, making it impossible to get back and forth to town. Um, wow. I didn't even think about that. Well, you know, like from my house, mm-hmm. if um, yeah. if something like that happened between my house and town, the only way I could get out anywhere would be to head up towards Cape Ferrillo mm-hmm. and then cut back across. Right. Yeah, I mean, we do live in this idyllic place that's, you know, close to nature and absolutely delightful and everything else, but it is not, you know, we don't have all the modern conveniences quite, you know? I mean, we don't really have, well, yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm thinking about medical stuff at the moment. I'm, I'm quite sure that the hospital in Gold Beach had to have emergency backup and probably the ER had back up here as well. I think they're required to. Yeah. I wonder how long their backup lasts. That would be interesting to know. Mm, that right? would be good to know, yes. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Five hours and counting. <laughs> no, it's got to be much longer than that. Um, and I think uh, my husband said that he heard Curry Radio was on the air as well, which makes sense given that the power didn't go out here. Um, but we don't record live. I mean, we're not on the air live. We These shows are all pre-recorded. So I was thinking about that as well while we're sitting there in the dark, that I wish I had had some way of tapping into the station feed from home so that I could you know, break in and say, yeah, we've got a power outage here, guys. (laughs) You know, I can't really tell you much about it, except that, you know, not everybody is affected, but those of us who are affected, you're looking at at least 8.30 before you're going to get power back on. Because that was was what I knew by about 5 o'clock that we were looking at 8.30. Well, Minimum. even that amount of information is Would helpful. Would have been helpful. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, you know, we can go on live anytime as long as we have electric power. Okay. That's that's the glitch in the whole system. Mm-hmm. Without power, uh, you know, you don't have internet. Right. And without internet, we can't interrupt our our uh, standard broadcast feed. So, is there a way then? that we could set it up at one of our houses so that the we had a system in place? Well, we do have that. We do have Yeah, you've been on the air live for a test. I have, actually. And so have I. So the only thing that would be necessary would to have the, the computer plugged in Plugged in, and you have to have internet. And yeah, have that's, the that's, internet. That's work. how all our audio moves around is okay. via internet. Okay. So you would have to have a little power pack mm-hmm. that would be um, enough to support your Wi-Fi and your laptop. Okay. Well, I assume, and your your uh, router. Right. And assuming that the internet itself is working. Right. And depends on your your provider how they power their system. 
Right, because I got a, a notice from Spectrum that it was down, and Spectrum's our internet provider. That's correct. So, so, okay. So what if I had come here during, I couldn't get on? You'd have to go over to the transmitter. Okay, got it. So is there a way of setting something up here or not? Well, if there's power and the internet, sure. Okay. Same as your house. <laughs> okay. That's okay. the glitch. Right, right. But I mean, there's a way of setting that up here. I'm, I think I'm just thinking in, in case that happened again and um, some of us are without power, but not all of us, um, and this isn't without power, and this has internet. should be clear that our transmitter and antenna and studio are at different locations. So, so just, you know, most people assume that your studio and everything is just right in one right. place. It's not. Right. And typically radio stations don't have their studio located near their transmitter and antenna. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay, so, but there would be there would be a way of... I'm I'm just thinking jerry rigging for the immediate moment kind well, of thing. I think we need to do some serious analysis and planning on that. Okay. Depending on internet to get audio to the transmitter in an emergency is iffy business. Mm-hmm. There's a good chance it won't be working. Mm-hmm. So we need another way to switch over from our standard audio feed to the emergency okay. uh, system or emergency feed. Okay. And uh, that's going to require some, maybe purchase some hardware and, you know, some actual figuring out how to do it. Well, if any of our listeners out there are thinking to themselves, aha, I know how to do that. That's right up my alley. Please, please get in touch with us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Contact at KCIW.org. That's right. And, and, you know, as early in our discussion, uh, I talked about using the ham radio to to accomplish that, and I'm sure that would work. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure it's the optimal solution, although there's a good chance it is, Mm -hmm. because that's a very robust system. Great. And uh, I think we should seriously consider figuring out how we can take advantage of that. Okay. All right. I think I have a ham guy near me because there's this huge antenna on top of his house. Well, there's a ham. There was a ham club in the area, mm-hmm. and there probably still is. All right. Ham club area. Ham club in the area. Get in touch with us. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I mean, the reality is that we weren't prepared. I mean, you know, maybe some of us in this community were prepared, but I wasn't. And I don't think Rose was. Now, Tom was better prepared than we were. Um, But I know that people were not prepared. Just from the comments on Facebook, they were not prepared. And I I don't think I want to do that again. I didn't buy a power pack to charge my phone until yesterday. Yeah, exactly. After the fact. Because exactly. I realized, oh, oops. <laughs> yeah, right. If I run out of cell phone charge, I'm really in trouble. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I, I saw some uh, 
light bulbs on, yeah, because I bought stuff yesterday too. So I saw some light bulbs on Amazon that are like regular light bulbs. You know, you have them in your lamp and they, they work on electricity until the electricity goes out, at which point then they have stored electricity somehow. So they'll come on for a little while. So at least you'll have, you know, some lights. For and there are other while. things that you can plug into wall outlets that um, also store power, and then they turn into flashlights, which is always nice. Yeah, after the flashlight disaster, yeah, right. <laughs> I ordered some of those rechargeable. Yeah. And Tom, you always have little nifty things up your sleeve. You know, you know what to go find and buy. I mean... <laughs> Go to Amazon, right? <laughs> Even Fred Meyer and Weimart. Well, that's true. Stuff, yeah. I mean, yeah, because they would they would have stuff as well. Yeah, I've gotten very spoiled with doing you know stuff on the internet. It's just well, the pandemic has changed things a lot. Yeah, but shop local when you can. I, you know, and I know that I know that, but. But I'm I'm not sure that Fred Meyer qualifies as local. Do you think? I mean, more local than Amazon. More local than Amazon. Well, at least at Fred Meyer's, they hire local people. That's absolutely true. That's absolutely true. So um, we're kind of getting to the end of our allotted time. Um, I'm hoping that people who are listening to this find this information valuable. Um, Certainly for me, it was a wake-up call, and I'm glad it happened the way it did. Uh, Lori calls it a gift wrapped in sandpaper, again, <laughs> which I love. Um, so any last thoughts, Rose, Tom? Any last thoughts? Well, yes. I mean, I, I realized that for a lot of people, this was just a, a little minor inconvenience, no big deal. But for me, living by myself in a remote location, um, even this was very difficult. It was 12 hours in a cold house with no lights and unable to really connect with anybody aside from texting on my cell phone. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we really need to be thinking about larger disasters that... Happen actually fairly often. I mean, the fires that yep. we've been lucky enough to um, escape, right? Having exactly. totally destroy everything. Um, and there could very easily be more storms coming. I mean, you know, we're only at the beginning of this winter. That's so, right. You know, and if if we have more like the one we just had that takes out electricity, we're going to be in the same same boat again. So. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I want to thank you both for coming on. I know neither one of you particularly likes talking into a microphone. So I'm really, <laughs> it's I, been years since I've been I on a know, mic. Yeah. I know. But, you know, it's kind of like riding a bike, right? You just you open your mouth and you just talk. <laughs> but thank you. Thank you very much, both of you, for coming on because I, I think this is important stuff. I think we need to, to talk about it. And keep talking about it until we're sure that people are starting to pay attention to 
what preparedness looks like. And I want to thank you for listening. If you've had any experiences that you'd like to share with us about what happened during your power outage, drop me a line. Candice.Michelle, that's C-A-N-D-I-C-E dot M-I-C-H-E-L at KCIW.org. As always, you can hear podcasts of earlier shows on our website, and we're now streaming. Just go to the website, kciw.org, and hit the button in the upper left corner. It says, Listen Live. It takes you to another page that takes a minute or two to load, but then you can hear the station streaming. And thank you for supporting your community radio station. I'm Candace Michelle, and this is our community.